It's Shahid here. Welcome back to another Creative Floor Awards podcast. We are very lucky today to be joined by more winners from this year's awards show. And we have the team from Proximal Health. I'm very pleased to introduce the Managing Director and Chief Creative Officer, Tina Fischetti. Hello. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much uh, for inviting us here today. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, absolute pleasure. Welcome. I think this is your very first Creative Law podcast, isn't it? It is. It is. We are uh, elated, to say the least. That's great. And you, you're in New Jersey, more or less, aren't you, geographically, from us? Yes. Uh, our offices are in Cranberry, New Jersey, which is a, a nice equal distance between sort of the Philadelphia area and New York, so uh, where we have a great location. Uh, um, Lots of uh, office parts, but nonetheless, it works for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. We're also joined by SVP, Director of Client Services, Jen Peters. Hello, Jen. Hello. How are you? Very well. How are you? Very, very good now. <laughs> <laughs> it took a while to get in, but we're in. We're finally in. We've got over all the tech issues, and uh, it's really lovely yes. to, to have you here. Uh, finally, we're going to go over to Holland Dang, who is the VP Creative Director of Art. Hello. Hello there. It's a pleasure to meet you. Honored to be here. It's, it's great. And we were having a little chat before we started recording, and uh, you shared that your name is kind of influenced by Van Halen, apparently. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, just a quick funny story about how I got my name. It's uh, my parents. I'm originally. My parents are originally from Vietnam. They came over during the Vietnam War, and um, you know, just a long story short of getting here, they you know started to have children when they got to America, and um, you know, they you know they found out that you know the Vietnamese names weren't translating well into you know the education system and things like that. So they were like, okay, well, what's a really popular name that we can you know that we can use right now that you know would fit in with the community and Van Halen was like a big band at the time <laughs> so they're like yeah everyone would know that so let's go with Van Halen and then on top of it they um they they're you know the broken English wasn't that great so they used to call Van Halen Holland so um so that's why my name is Holland Dang. It's it sounds a little bit different, but it's spelled like Van Van Halen. And my middle name actually is Van. Uh, so it's Halen. <laughs> and the reason why they do that is in Vietnam they say your middle name first. So it'd be Van Halen Dang in Vietnam. That's how I ended up with a very peculiar name. <laughs> and they also think I'm a little Dutch too because Van Dang sounds a little. <laughs> <laughs> when, I show up, when I show up in person, a lot of the times they're like, you are not what I expected. <laughs> well, I, I think that is the coolest backstory to any name that I've ever heard. I think if it were my, my parents, they'd probably, I'd probably end up with the name Michael Jackson or something like that. I'd be very unlucky. So, uh, <laughs> well, welcome, welcome, welcome. First of all, let me congratulate you all on your amazing win this year at the Creative Floorboards. I think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this was the first year you actually entered and won a prize. So that's a pretty impressive conversion rate. And I've just thought it would be a fantastic opportunity to shine a little bit of a spotlight on a newer agency on the award circuits. I mean, you know, we're all used to the, the usual suspects, I suppose, like popping up year on year. Um, yep. But 
but we've never heard of um, your agency at our award show. And, you know, I, I love shining spotlights on new agencies. And I think what I, I really loved about this work, not that I, I, I'm, I get to judge any of it, but what I always love looking out for is the, is the real healthcare pharma work. That's where I really want to see the, the winning work, really. And for anyone who hasn't seen the piece of work that we're going to be speaking about today, just go to the creativefloor.com slash awards, go to our 20 and 2021 winners section, and you guys won for healthcare professional mixed media for neuropathy reality experience. And it's a wonderful piece of work that involves an empathy club. But before we go to that work and get your stories, get your insights and get your learnings, which I'm, I'm sure any Anyone listening to this podcast would be hugely grateful for. Um, as you've won an award, I thought we could give you the opportunity to do a Gwyneth Paltrow if you want to do, and, and thank you, <laughs> thank your teams um, or anyone who's not on this podcast for the piece of work. So, uh, in, ter- in terms of our internal team, um, you know, a few people have left the company, and I will a- acknowledge them uh, because they they were part of this, and uh, two of them were. Uh, uh, Ann Manusos, and actually she's a consultant that still works with us, and Jody Grubb. Uh, but internally, you know, Holland was such a huge part of this campaign from beginning to end and through every grueling aspect of the execution. So uh, I really want to put a lot of uh, thanks to him for this as well. Uh, Scott, Skylar Bertelson, he is an art director that works with us, and again, he he actually is so talented that he did some of the final artwork um, for the campaign, for the evolution of the campaign. So he really um, has been phenomenal. Um, uh, Marilyn uh, Aquino, she helped uh, on the account side, uh, sort of after the cam- campaign was on its way. But at the same time, she really you know, helped us bring it to fruition. Uh, so those are some of the folks that really brought this campaign to life. And of course, Jen Peters, who's with us. <laughs> yeah don't forget the people on the podcast but yeah that's great I can't thank myself <laughs> Jen really helps steer our clients uh, and really supports creative I think you know so often people you know, think that it's just the creative selling in their work and, and very often it's the support of your account team that helps the client realize the uh, the value of it as well. Yeah, uh, we work with a, um, a wonderful partner uh, production company called Pixel House. Um, you've probably seen a lot of their work um, with other agencies, but Anthony Morrow was instrumental in bringing the campaign to life. The uh, you know the visuals and, and the campaign um, and the supporting library, as well as the photographer Jonathan Barquette. He's just wonderful talent, and um, we thank them so much for. Um, helping us bring this campaign to life. Um, you know, with the creation of our club, it was something that's never been done before. So we brought in um, some experiential experts to help build the club. I wanted to give a shout out to um, Todd Bell from Carbon Project, who uh, worked really closely with us to help bring the idea to life and, and work with the technology. Um, so just wanted to make sure, um, you know, he heard his name. And we thank him very much. Um, one of the things that I would like to thank people for is, um, and not only the client, but uh, I have been blessed in my career, and I've been doing this for now 30 years, all, all healthcare. And um, Tina has been a partner, creative partner of mine. Oh, gosh, I think this is our third go-round, <laughs> third agency to work together. And 
she is brilliant. Uh, I always say she is like a, a bottomless pit of conceptual brilliance. And uh, it, it's, I, I love working with Tina. Uh, Holland, this is my first uh, working experience with him, and he is just a super, super, super rising star in our industry. And, uh, and plus, you can't not smile when you're around Holland. Um, <laughs> he's just got this energy that is just, it, it, he exudes it every day. And um, he, he, there's not a problem he can't solve, um, including my computer issues when I have them. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, and it's just, it, as an account person, um, you know, uh, we always have this sort of envy, like, I wish I could do those things. I wish I could come up with ideas like that. Uh, so I appreciate, you know, the, the acknowledgement of that uh, working with a client, sometimes you have to, you know, sort of uh, do battle with them and and um, and put forward points of view that are not popular with them and so forth. But um, I'm just gratified to be able to work with uh, such a talented team and in this agency. Um, we've all worked for a lot of different agencies, and it's a special agency. We have people that I say every day I'm inspired by them and I respect them so much and I trust them and I like them. <laughs> so uh, I haven't been able to say that too much in my career, and and we we think we're building something really special at Proximal Health. Um, but, uh, in addition to the people that we were thanking as we get in more and more into the work, uh, there's also another account person, uh, on my team, um, that worked on this and, and really helped bring it to life. Um, uh, when we were at a, a booth, uh, experience and that's, uh, Stacy, uh, Bergax. Um, so, uh, uh, again, a lot of people to thank and, and we're just really humbled by this honor. I mean, it's always really lovely to hear the people behind pieces of work. So it's a bit like when you watch a movie and then you see the credits and you just can't quite believe, you know, how many people have gone behind every part of that. So yeah, it's, it's really nice to hear that. And um, I think, you know, I think it's ultimately important that you trust your team and, and you like them. And uh, Holland, if I've got any IT issues, I know where I'm going. So um, <laughs> expect some emails from me. I think everyone is going to be gagging to hear about this case study, but just for those that of, of our audience who perhaps this is the first time they've heard of Proximal Health. Do you just want to give a little bit of a quick intro in terms of who you are and how long you've been around and what you do? Yes, uh, I would love to. Um, you know, uh, I think it was about two, two and a half years ago that I got this opportunity. And, um, you know, our, our CEO, uh, Michael J. Hennessy, uh, was really inspired to start an agency. You know, they're, uh, we're the largest media, healthcare media company uh, in the U.S. We also have um, a 24-hour a new healthcare news channel um, called Medical World News. Uh, and, you know, not only is he, is he com completely like one of the most passionate people I know, and particularly about oncology, um, but he really was inspired. You know, he worked with a lot of worked with a lot of agencies, and that's been a good experience. But he's like, why why shouldn't we have an agency? We are in touch with eight million healthcare, you know, HCPs and patients every month, and we have personal relationships. We can just pick them up and call call them anytime we feel like it. And we were so blown away, and and it was like, wow, we get to start an agency that has that kind of access to our audience. That's crazy. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> so um, it was really exciting to build the brand around this because nobody else has this. Nobody else is doing this. And we really wanted to bring up, you know, bring that to life in a way that was um, 
you know, in our name, so to speak. So we have, we have a network. We decided to call the network um, Truth Serum. Um, and the whole point is that we can tap into what we call the serum, which is that access to all these healthcare professionals and patients anytime we want. Um, and we can get to the truth. You know, we can get to their truths. Uh, so that was the the idea behind the branding of the truth serum and proximal. Again, it's the pr proximity to these folks that really allow us to do um, what we feel is 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 great work uh, and really intuitive work and really understand our audience better. So um, it was an exciting brand to build. I've I've worked in a lot of different agencies and I was always kind of tapped to start you know the conflict shop or the you know, new agency of sorts. And I branded a lot of agencies, but, and so often you're sitting there saying, well, what can we own? What can we own? Everybody owns any, everything. And it was just so exciting to come into this or organization and be able to build a new agency around something that was, you know, again, nobody else is doing this. I had, I had no idea that was the, the backstory and, and 8 million healthcare professionals. That's, I think that's the size of Hong Kong, isn't it? It's pretty, <laughs> It's pretty impressive. <laughs> it is. It is. And we can tap into them at any point, which is, you know, part of the story behind the campaign that we're going to talk about was having that access was what got us to this authentic place. Well, maybe that's a great segue then into into the work. Sure. Happy to. In the pharmaceutical industry, even biotech, which you'd think would be even more advanced and contemporary and risk-taking, a lot of clients are not willing to take risks and, and to go to a place that's not what we call your typical pharma, um, happy, shiny, smiling patients running on a beach with dogs and <laughs> frisbees and things of that nature. And, and so uh, we've all been doing this for a while and we're, we're really, we, we don't like to do that kind of work. And um, so we were working with uh, Athenix Oncology. Um, they're actually based here in Chicago. I'm actually based in Chicago and I commute uh, weekly to New Jersey. And um, they, this was their first product that they were going to try to bring to market. And they didn't really have experience bringing a product to market. And um, they, like many companies, they said, you know, we're all about the patient. We're patient-centric. And a lot of companies say that. They put that in their vision statement or mission statement. And they really don't walk the walk. And this company really inspired us because they really meant it. And we were working with folks like uh, Jennifer Greeby. She heads up um, strategy and uh, and Kristen uh, Shriver, who was uh, sort of led the the channel tactics and whatnot, and there there were many others. They had a, uh, some folks from an advocacy group that worked very close with the metastatic breast cancer community, which this is what this is all about. And um, we were inspired by them, and they 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 gave us the opportunity to explore different avenues and um, and and insights. And uh, there was an insight that we that fed into this campaign. Um, and it was around this idea that women who have metastatic breast cancer, unfortunately, they know they're on a, um, a death march, if you will. Uh, we don't like the word patient journey because it's not a journey anybody would want to go on. Uh, but it's they know they're this is not curable, unlike your um, you know other breast cancers are very curable these days, thankfully. So um, we had an insight around these women um, who are not only suffering from the fact that they know that there's not a um, a good output to, to this this um, you know, course that they're on. And they go through a lot of chemotherapy. And chemotherapies are very toxic, unfortunately. They're getting better. But when you're trying to fight metastatic breast cancer, you give it all you've got. And there was a side effect associated 
with um, certain chemotherapies or the most common chemotherapies, and it was um, basically chemo-induced peripheral neuropathy. And neuropathies are uh, basically, it kills your nerve endings. So your extremities, your fingers, your feet, um, it feels like pin cushions. Um, a lot of women would describe the fact that they, you know, they couldn't even feel the floor um, sometimes. Um, and they really felt like they, um, they wanted to stay with it, but it, they were struggling with, I'm trying to fight my disease, but I'm really having these issues. And um, it was that insight that really kind of inspired uh, the, the creative work. And it was um, it also inspired this this idea of um, the other insight we had was that a lot of physicians, again, they're they're focused on trying to to fight the disease, give a good quality of life if they can in this kind of situation. And uh, even the nurses who usually are more empathetic, they just didn't appreciate and realize that these women were suffering from this this condition in many, you know, 40, 50% of the time. So that inspired the work. And um, I'll, I'll turn it over to Tina to kind of take it from there. You know, there was, there was a lot of research that was done. And I think Jen, you know, touched on a lot of that in the beginning, um, is to really understand the mindset. And so this campaign, you know, some people call it disease awareness because that's how you might enter it into an award, but it was really, you know, it was really more about a, a side effect awareness, right? So chemotherapy causes CIPN, which is chemotherapy induced uh, neuropathy. And these women, are, you know, they already have metastatic breast cancer. They're probably not going to live very long and they're suffering excruciating pain from this neuropathy every day, you know? So the time that they have left is, 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 is not good at all, you know? And we, we really were executing to the idea of unfor an unforgivable existence that, uh, that the strat, that was basically the strategy or we call it the brand threat or the symptom threat. Uh, and the reality was that uh, HCPs were just not sensitive, sensitive to it. They're like, I got to get in there and take care of the cancer. I can't, I can't worry about your side effects or, the, or this feeling of, um, I don't want to say ap apathy, but it was sort of like, I can't do anything about that, but this is the bigger priority to treat the cancer, right? So women just weren't feeling heard. And it was just insult to injury, right? I already have metastatic breast cancer. I'm not part of the pink crowd. Um, I'm not going to survive this thing and I'm miserable and my doctor isn't hearing me, you know, so the desperation of that was, was intense. Uh, and, you know, we kind of got to the point where we sat down to do concepts and we were like, wow, we really don't have the right to be able to just understand what these women are going through. We need to talk to them again, you know, so even though we had done, excellent research to get to this strategy of, you know, sort of this idea of an unforgivable existence, we didn't really, we just felt like we had to talk to them and not do market research, but just have a conversation, you know, kind of like we're having now and just really understand because we just, we didn't want it to look like advertising. It had to be authentic. Are you talking to these patients while they're going through treatment? then and you're you're literally talking to ask them about how they're feeling you know how they're feeling when they're sleeping or is that so you're you, you are directly talking to these women at that moment in time when they're going through this yep absolutely uh, and who's having these conversations and and and, and how do you construct it how could, could you share any insights and tips of how you approach a conversation like that when it's so sensitive 
to that individual and their family? Yeah, you know, it really came down to, you know, again, we tapped into the truth serum and we were able to just have have really honest, open conversations. And, and these, you know, these women, you know, they, they want, they want to help themselves, but they want to help other women. There's a community in the metastatic breast cancer, you know, the community is just very different than the pink crowd. The pink crowd's all about surviving. These women are about getting through the moments, right? And they, they want to help. They want to help themselves. They want to help others. Um, so they're very open and, and they, they want, they want relief, you know, so they're, they, they're incredibly open to the conversations. And, and, you know, once we started talking to them, we just said, look, tell us what it feels like. What, what is your, what is your day like? And, you know, one woman said, you know, I, I get up in the morning and just to get in the car and go to the grocery store, it's like, I can't even touch the steering wheel. It's like, there's barbed wire on my hands. You know, and another woman said, you know, I went to grab the butter the other day and I felt like icicles were just stabbing me in the hand and the butter fell onto the floor. Um, You know, I spill coffee on myself. I can't can't bake with my granddaughter because I can't if I I can't even touch the bowl (laughs) because it feels like, you know, we were like, tell us what it feels like. Well, it feels like cactuses, you know, are on the bowl. (laughs) There's a cactus on the bowl. Like I can't get through my everyday um, life and, and I'm trying to like survive (laughs) with this cancer. And now I've got this on top of it. And so we just, we kept saying, like asking for more metaphors, like explain what that feels like, explain what that feels like. You know, I pick up my phone, it feels like it's on fire. And so it really came out of a conversation. It wasn't market research. It was, it was tapping into what we call the serum, pulling these women in, um, you know, we, one of our publications is Cure and it's uh, all, all all cancer patients. So we were able to tap, you know, go to Cure, tap into their patient community and have these conversations just one-on-one, just like we're talking now. Um, is isn't official market research. You're, you're only going to get to the best work I've discovered by just having a one-on-one conversation with them, the creative team having a conversation with the patients. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to you at the very beginning. You asked, you know, how do you how do you talk? Do you talk to the patients directly, and how do you how do you get them to you know open up? One of the techniques that um, we use, and, and I've used a lot in my career, and is um, you first have a sort of a pre-call with them, and you just talk to them, and you say, "Here's what we're trying to um, do. We want to make sure that people understand what you're going through," and and you just sort of establish a rapport and, and, um, and be just very, and just listen and, 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 and treat them like we all would want to be treated. And, and it's also important not to, you know, dwell on the, the, the idea that, that, you know, what they have is, is, is going to kill them, um, sooner than, than it should. And so what we would do is we would have several phone conversations with them because obviously we can't be in person with them necessarily. And um, they just open up. And as long as you have that kind of dialogue, you have to build a trust and a rapport and, um, and make sure that they feel safe and that what they're sharing, as Tina said, they want to help others. That's what's so amazing about working in this community compared to all the other categories that we've worked in 
is given what's, what's in front of them, you'd think they just would like to just say, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just, I got to focus on taking care of me and my family or just woe is me. They're very strong. They're fighters more than any. They don't like to be called that, by the way. Um, uh, they don't like to use the words battle. Uh, we learned that. That was an insight we learned. And that also um, is something that um, is really great about what we do and inspires us as you learn so much also. And it, it humbles you every day. And it's our, our little way of helping them. We're not doctors or nurses um, or other healthcare professionals, but um, maybe in our own way, we're helping in this case, in this campaign, shedding light on something that a lot of people just weren't aware of. And, and as a result, you, you inspire people and you drive awareness and people get to, um, uh, you know, get that empathy and pay attention. And, and that's, that meant so much uh, to these women and men, men get breast cancer too, and metastatic breast cancer. And they just were so grateful that we were helping giving, giving them um, a platform or shining a light on something that they just, they themselves don't even feel comfortable talking about because they are afraid that if their doctor thinks, well, if you're suffering so much on this treatment, maybe I should give you a different treatment, or maybe I should dial back on the dose of this treatment. And the patient's like, no, I, I don't, I want to try to fight uh, this cancer. I, I, I know I'm not going to survive it, but I want to at least try to last as long as I can for, for my family. And so um, that's also what's is so just humbling is the fact that they felt so grateful and were like, oh my gosh, you're the one who is facing this destiny. Um, and for you to be grateful is just, it's mind boggling to me personally, that they are, can be so giving uh, at a time like this. And just to add on that, I'll add on to that, you know, come to work every day, you, you know, you don't think that um, you'd ever cry at work. I think we've come to know over the last few years here of not only this project, but a lot of the projects that we work on, I'm crying on a regular basis at work. <laughs> it's it's kind of getting kind of ridiculous. And it's that's how connected we are, or we get to be uh, to these patients. I know being around, you know, the whole team as we create this work, you know, it, you can't help but be emotionally invested in the work. Uh, that's one of the things that, you know, I truly love about this agency and the people that we work with is, you know, we're crying alongside of them. We are working really hard to bring these stories to life. Um, but it comes from that emotional place that even the people doing the work um, are feeling it each and every day. Yeah, I, I imagine it gives the the briefing and the and the ideation much more of a purpose when you're stepping into into their world and you, the, the fact that you can access these communities, you know, because they're part of your network is pretty pretty amazing. I must say, um, I haven't I haven't actually heard of any agency having you know access to communities as part of their own their own agency network. So yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. So, you know, on that, to that end, to sort of, you know, wrap up the, the campaign, um, they created the campaign. We just gave it a, a very, you know, uh, catchy headline, which was, you know, every day for, with women with metastatic breast cancer uh, and CIPN, uh, everyday tasks become everyday tasks. So the typical everyday tasks are just almost impossible. Um, and again, unforgivable to ex exist with. And, uh, you know, another part of our process, because we can tap into these, this audience, so we tapped into them to get to our strategy. We tapped into them again during the creative process. 
Then when we, before we ever even thought about official market research, we talked to them again. And, you know, again, it's more like a brainstorming session. What do you think of this idea? What, you know, they're kind of like helping us create the campaign. Um, and, and it's through their, their world and their eyes and their lens, because again, it needs to be authentic. Right. Um, and so we created something called living concepts. So as we're coming up with ideas, we can tap in all along the way and just gut check. Is this working? Is this not working? What would you do? And have, again, less of a market research conversation, but more of a creative to direct to audience conversation. And it really um, allows us to just fine tune all along the way. Like our company even does advisory boards. And we were listening to an advisory board the other day on another campaign. And and we found that, you know, two campaigns were neck and neck. And that advisory board taught us that we should probably walk away from one of the campaigns. And that was just sort of like because we're, we're just always having these opportunities to hear from them. Uh, it just makes such a difference. Yes, it's really interesting that we, we, I, was, I was having a chat um, on Clubhouse the other day uh, uh, with Health Reconsidered. They're, they're a sort of healthcare communications group on there and uh, diversity popped up. And in terms of, you know, the future of creative departments and the future of diversity having an impact on that. And one of the points was raised was, you know, why don't you ever bring in patients as part of your creative department to make them part of the creative team? And what I'm hearing from you guys is if you're having this sort of living concepts, um, you know, kind of program going on, you kind of are having the patients as part of the creative uh, teams yeah yeah which is really wonderful I haven't I actually haven't heard that before from anyone so it was just really weird the fact that I've sort of you know part of this discussion and somebody threw it out there as a sort of you know idea but you guys have kind of done it so or doing it so that's really great yeah no thank you and you know I see we all see the change in the work um those little nuances the tiniest thing can make all the difference Um, And, you know, we all are experts and we do this every day and we delve into insights. And I'm not saying anybody doesn't, but sometimes the devil is in the details, you know, of of just hearing one little thing that can change the course of a communication or a message or or an idea. Yeah. And I just wanted to add on to this idea of being able to really bring um, the audience into the, the, the process um, uh, and being able to co-create with them. And we think that also is a benefit um, to the, uh, to our clients because we're more likely to be um, uh, have the, the insights show and the strategy come through in the work in, in a much stronger and, and efficient way. Um, you know, traditionally agencies come up with ideas, uh, they show them to the client, the client says, oh, okay, I like that one, that one, that one, that one. Now let's go test it in traditional market research. And that's the first time the audience, whether it be a healthcare professional or a patient, sees it. And um, we just think that's backwards. Yeah, well, it, it, it does sound backwards when you say it like that. And you sort of put it next to what you guys have done. You sort of reverse engineering the the, the, the process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, really, it's really cool. And I guess I imagine it's then very... We, I guess you don't even have to really sell it into the, to your client because your client's hearing it from 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 the, their audience, you know, in terms of what what mm-hmm. they want essentially or what they're exactly. feeling, or what they're going through. So it's, uh, I guess, it makes the creative 
you know, part of trying to sell work a no-brainer and very, very simple, very easy, I imagine. Yes, that's a that's a very good point. It's very hard. We almost never have to go back to the drawing board because we've already gone back to the drawing board during the process. And and we actually tape, you know, our living concepts and our co-creation sessions and share them with the client so that they can see for themselves, like, yes, this work is resonating with your audience. This is really fascinating because we've got an idea of your secret source, if you want to call it that, in terms of, you know, you've got this amazing network, you can tap into it, you can literally hear it from from from, from your patients verbatim, what they're going through, you can take those insights, you can collaborate with them. So you've got that, but there's still a little bit of a, a creative leap from getting all these insights and then saying, well, we're going to make a glove. And you're, we're going to get people to feel how you know it, it, it is with these side effects. Talk us through that process. How do you take all of that and then make the leap into well, we're going to make a glove, an, an empathy glove? I'm going to pass that to Mr. Holland Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, it really comes down to you know us working creatively together. I mean, we all got in a room. Uh, you know, we're trying to create an experiential you know, product where, you know, we wanted to take these insights and bring it to life. It wasn't just good enough to just have it written there, you know, or show it with a really nice visual and, and, and sell it with that headline. People had to feel it to understand it. And I think that was part of the situation that we were dealt with, you know, when we started playing around with all these different ways of doing it, going to, you know, new innovative technologies, like, you know, virtual reality is really big right now augmented reality, that stuff like that. But a lot of companies are doing that stuff. So, you know, we were playing as a team and, you know, what's interesting about even our creative uh, brainstorms is everyone in the agency that's working on that team is in on the brainstorms. You know, we're not just keeping the creative team to come up with ideas. We want everybody's perspective. So JP was in the room, Tina was there, myself, there was, a you know, project management, you know, account, everybody, right? So we threw out this idea. You're like, well, how do we get them to truly feel? We need them to feel it. And in this uh, side effect, it's in your hands and your feet. So we're like, okay, well, how do you feel it in your hands? And we're like, okay, let's, you know, probably the best way to do this is to create a glove where it simulates the symptoms of, of this condition. And, uh, you know, we're like, okay, well, have you ever made one of these before? And we're like, no. Right. So, you know, and then we took it to our client and said, we want to create this club. It's never been done before. It's something that we feel like would be really impactful and, and it tells, it brings this campaign to life. Um, and that's when we got some really brave clients to come in and approve a project like this. And then it got to um, us doing the hard work. You know, the idea of, yeah, they they really want to go ahead and do the glove. Okay, so now let's make this happen. And this is the part where it gets a little bit scary as a creative person um, and as an agency um, bringing something that's never been done before to life. You know, we didn't know the first thing about creating uh, a glove that created the symptoms of, of neuropathy. So, you know, we went into it. We started looking at different technologies and. Um, different ways to stimulate nerves and, and um, feeling in your hands. Um, and we threw it, went through a very rigorous process of ex exploration until uh, we got to this idea of lining this glove with these haptic sensors that gave you feedback when you closed your hand. So 
when you had your hand completely flat and you know open, you wouldn't feel much. You would get uh, you know slight numbing and tingling. But as you attempted to grab things and attempted to uh, interact with a, a realistic world, uh, the haptic sensors would then generate um, more stimulation into your hands, which would create light stinging, light numbness, um, making it very difficult for you to uh, grab onto these everyday objects. Um, and, you know, we, we built it from scratch, you know, not, none of it was pre-made. We even took a glove that was, we ripped out the lining, put it in all the sensors, and uh, we created something really special. And excuse my, my ignorance on this, but is it, is it sending electricity through through the grub, glove to sort of create that sensation or how is if it's not what what is it um i would i would say it's more like these haptic sensors like um vibration okay uh, and, there, and there were they were lined in the glove so there were key points in the glove that that really stimulated sections so it was in your fingertips uh the middle of your fingers and then your palms right so um through the tension of you you know squeezing your hand that's when it built up the intensity and uh, sent those signals through your skin and into you know your nerves and and you kind of got the same feeling, a uh, similar feeling. Um, and we put it in front of um, you know during the testing process, we put it in front of our clients, we put it in front of um, you know our team, and everybody felt a different sensation. And we had different levels too. So if, for instance, there was one, two, three. Uh, one was light, uh, obviously, and three was very intense. So the larger you know, your hand or the more you could uh, handle, it would adjust it accordingly. Who was the poor test dummy that had to sort of, you know, go and go and <laughs> test it when it was too, you know, become became like a more of a torture <laughs> uh, glove? <laughs> I, would, I would say we were all a little bit of guinea pig, okay. each of us. Right. But, uh, yeah, like, for instance, Skylar, who we brought up earlier, he put on the glove. And he didn't even have it on yet, like to a one. And he already, his hands was shaking for like an hour. Really? Um, so he, he felt at the very lightest uh, intensity. We didn't even start. It just turned it on. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then our, um, you know, the CEO of, our, of um, our client, he tried it on and he's like, turn it off, turn it off. And he, <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't pain in the in the way of the traditional sense where you were injured in any way, but it gave you this really authentic sensation. Yeah, yeah, and to to that end, you know, even though it was a vibration, it did to Holland's point, it really did stimulate your nerves. So it it was it really felt like peripheral neuropathy. You know, that kind of feels like when your hand falls asleep whenever you're sleeping and you wake up and you have the the pins and needles. Um, and it was so it was interesting that it really, for some reason, it did like it would hit like one nerve in my ring finger and I would go through the root. So it was kind of it. But it really did have that sensation. It wasn't just this like strong vibration like feeling, you know, it was authentic. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the one thing that was interesting was, you know, when we were had it at the booth experience, the doctors, every one of them said, wow, I had no idea that my patients were feeling this. Like, I will be so much more empathetic. You know, again, they weren't apathetic, but they weren't empathetic. Um, and it really changed their perspective. And, you know, we were also at Miami Breast. There's a lot of patients that are at Miami Breast. And they kept, one woman like, 
dragged her husband over and said, you have to feel this. This is why I, I need your help opening jars. And this is why I, you know, I don't like to, you know, do the dishes at night because it's just too painful for me. But so you need to understand what I'm experiencing. Um, and it, again, to Holland's point, this stuff just makes you cry. And just, just a quick story that, you know, that hits home for me. My, my mom is actually going through, uh, you know, this condition and she's going through her chemotherapy. But one day she was like, oh, my hands, I, you know, they say I have neuropathy. I was like, oh, well, do you want to look at this? And I showed her my work or our work as an agency. Um, and she's like, oh, my God, that's exactly how I feel. And I was like, whoa. It really was a, an intense feeling to have that happen. So a couple things. Um, going back to uh, when Holland talked about the fact that we we came up with this idea, and but we didn't really know how to build it. And that goes back to the trust factor that's uh, so important as a team. Uh, we all knew we had a role to play. Um, you know, you know, I needed to lean into the trust that I had built with the client. And, 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 you know, position this strategically. And, um, and I spent two days every week uh, at the client office. That was a benefit of being, you know, down the road from them, if you will. And, um, and, and, and they just did it. And they, and they were so enamored with the, the creative work that we had already been doing for them, um, which is kudos to, to Tina and Holland and the team. And um, so they're like, okay, all right. Um, we, and we were honest. We just said, here's the idea here's the vision. <laughs> um, uh, we believe we can figure it out and they trusted us. And, and, um, I personally trusted Holland if, if, because he says, you know, I don't know how to do it, but I'm sure there's a way and I'm going to find a way to do it. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, okay, I trust you. Um, but also this, this, the experience, uh, as everybody has uh, described, um, we also had it, uh, we, we debuted this at San Antonio Breast. And as you can imagine, all these conventions, uh, these medical conferences, um, the, the breast cancer community is kind of interesting in that this San Antonio Breast is not only a conference where um, healthcare professionals come to, to learn and enter, have a scientific ex exchange, but it's also where the manufacturers and the, 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 the producers of these, these therapies um, have booths. Um, and hopefully, the, they, they want people to come to their booth uh, to talk about their product. And um, the, the big goal is to get as many people to your booth as possible because you're trying to drive awareness about your company and what you're doing and the product that either you have or are going to be coming to the market with. And um, uh, we, this, this company was not well known. And we had done a corporate campaign for them. And um, you know, we, we were making sure that people started to know their name and connect the dots to um, this, this symptom that's caused by chemotherapy, knowing that Hopefully they'd get approved with a chemotherapy that was uh, a better chemotherapy that didn't cause CIPN and this neuropathy. So this was, you know, preparing the market for them uh, to come out with their branded product. And um, we had the most physicians and patients, a lot of patients come to this and their, and their loved ones come to this conference. It's a very unique conference in that, in a very tight community. And um, I won't repeat the stories that have already been told, but um, we did have also um, one of our uh, ambassadors. We have patient ambassadors that we worked with for on another campaign. She came to the booth, and I felt bad because I said I don't, I didn't want her to experience something that she no longer was experiencing. And she said, No, no, I'll try it. And she put it on, and just at the one level, she said, Oh my God! She said, This is like triggering my PTSD. 
And I said, oh, take it off, take it off. And she said, no, 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 this is wonderful that you're doing this because um, people just have no idea what this feels like. So um, again, it's all those stories that just, this is the reason we jump out of bed every day, which is what we all want to do in our careers, right? And uh, being able to do what we do, um, again, is just our way of helping. I just can't imagine how powerful that must have been you know you the whole journey of you talking to these patients you know hearing mm -hmm. it from them and kind of making that leap into this empathy glove not really knowing how you're going to really make it then you finally do manage to do it and then you kind of see you know the, again the community reacting to it and almost validating it again for you I, I just can't mm -hmm. imagine that, that you know it's almost like somebody going into your heart and, and taking mm -hmm. it out um mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing well, and, and getting back to what um, Holland said, and I'm I can get pretty emotional pretty pretty quickly, and and um, you know for this client and in a totally different campaign, we were doing a, you know a photo shoot, and my job was to try to trigger tears um, um, because I knew their stories, and and um, I went back to Holland in the back room, and I was just exhausted and drained, and I said, "Do we have it?" And I looked at him, and there were, was a single tear coming down his cheek. And I'm like, okay, I guess we have it. So yeah, I mean, and I, th you know, and I don't, you know, that particular campaign was because this campaign was so successful. Our client was actually working with a consumer shop to do a support program, and this consumer shop had not done pharma advertising, and their campaigns were very good, but they were not resonating with the audience at all. And so they, they brought us on to do it. And it, again, it just got back to the authenticity and it's all about these women are isolated and, you know, they don't want to see shiny, happy patients. They want to see authentic authenticity. Um, and the campaign was, you know, here's to the women um, who see a clear path forward, even with tears in their eyes. And um, so that was the campaign that, we, that Jen was referring to. Um, so it wasn't like we were trying to get them to cry. They they knew what the campaign was. And these were real patients because we said we can't use models. They have to be real patients and they have to want to tell their stories and get real with us. Right. So that was the Facing NBC Together campaign. And um, same, you know, same client, same audience, but uh, a patient support program. And, uh, you know, again, that that's what resonates with these women. They they get offended showing up at these you know, seeing any promotions that have sh happy women, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, I have my happy moments and I embrace them, but you know, it's just putting a, a false happiness on my condition and it's, it's insulting to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you just saying that will just resonate with so many people in, in our industry and, you know, I, th I think what's so wonderful about this particular piece is that it it's completely community led you know, and, and mm -hmm. you know, and you can't argue with it. And it, it certainly comes through your story. It comes through the work. And yeah, it's, it's, I guess it shows the power of what pharma work can do. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 yeah, to that point, we had one um, woman who said she, again, thanking us <laughs> to, to be part of, um, of, of these initiatives because she said, this is my legacy. Um, she said, I, I know I only have, a few months left. And it's like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, you're here. <laughs> and, uh, um, unfortunately she just passed, um, a few months ago, she actually lived a year longer than she thought she was going to. But that was again, such a powerful statement and a powerful emotion for us all to share, um, is that she wanted to be part of something to give back. 
God, I think I'm going to start crying in a minute. I mean, that's, Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, ama- that's I am, amazing. I am, <laughs> sometimes people tell me I'm the Barbara Walters of, uh, of, of, of interviewing the people. Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's knockout, isn't it? The fact that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, someone's legacy is living through your work and through that glove. And hopefully that will impact somebody, you know, it, I don't know. Well, wow. Oh, I can just say, wow. That's just really cool. I've never thought of work like that before. I've never thought of work. I mean, it can have a creative's legacy. It can have a T, the agency's legacy within it, and then they move on to the next Mm -hmm. thing. But I've never heard anyone say it's, you know, somebody, it's a patient's legacy to it, something that they're leaving behind. It's all, and again, that maybe goes back to that diversity piece of where you're putting patients at the heart of the creative development. And they're almost connected to the team and they're, they're very much at the start of, of the process, as you say, rather than the agency coming up with the idea, then then validating it with, with the audience through market research. So it's a lovely, it's a lovely kind of conclusion to to the work, you know, where it has it it, it it's almost like a soul. It's really weird to say, isn't it? Like a, a piece of work mm-hmm. having a soul, but it, it kind of has mm. within the sense of a legacy. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a really That's nice really way cool. to think about it. I just thought about it. Only on what you just <laughs> said. So yeah, you can take the full credit for that. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's quite meta. I think when you think about something like that. I mean, I said. I mean, I've seen obviously the the case study a couple of times, but I think when I watch it again, I'm going to see it in a in a completely different light, just on the back of what you guys have shared today. I think. You know, every single client that we work with wants to be about patients and be in there for the patients. And it's not enough to just say it, you have to show it. Right. And I think that's a big part of this, um, uh, this ability to talk to them and bring them into the creative process is, is, is creative as the most creative person is you have to almost allow yourself to, to live the feelings with them in order to express it the right way. Can I put, I just, can I add one thing, uh, whether you, you use it or not, sure. um, going back to what makes us unique as an agency. Um, the other thing that we think is really unique is not only this access to our customers, customers getting closer to your customer, we, our financial model is very different. And as, as an account um, lead, I can, I can talk about that. And that is that, we tell our clients, this is not, you don't have to worry about if you see 10 people in a, in, from your agency in a room thinking, oh gosh, how much is this costing me? How much is this costing me? Why do I have all these you know, senior people here? Because they're more expensive and I don't need them here. And we don't, we don't bill that way. We, we basically say it's a project fee. And unless the, 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 uh, the initiative or project goes way off the rails, like you completely change the specifications of it. Um, you know that that's what it's going to cost. That allows us to put talent to task on your business. Not instead of saying, "Oh, I've got a person who's not very billable, so I'm going to put them on your business because I got to make them billable, so I can make I can make my margins." Instead, we we say, "Look, we can put talent to task." And and quite frankly, our agency is um, we have a range of, of of people from in terms of age and experience and whatnot, but it's a pretty pretty seasoned team. And um, we all came, I think, for a number of reasons, but one of them was to be able to work with each other, uh, but also to be able to do the work. 
and get close to the strategy and get close to the creative work uh, versus saying that, well, I'm, I'm going to be a bean counter. I don't, I didn't go to school to be a bean counter. Um, I, I love strategy and I love the creative process and being able to be part of that and um, being able to say, look, you said you only want to send one person to this conference. We want to get really close to your business and really know it almost as well as you do. And so I want to send four people. And most clients would say, well, I, I'm not paying for that. And we're like, you don't have to. We invest in the work. We invest in your business. And that allows us to not have to worry about that. And have I'd rather have my account team focused on doing what they do best and working with their creative partners versus saying, oh, gosh, I, I, you know, Holland, you can't do that because we don't have enough hours for that or that's, that, that's going to blow our budget. It, it really frees us from all those shackles and allows us to do good, great work for the client. And that's why we think our, our work is, is really good. And we think that's the reason why our clients are, it's a breath of fresh air to be able to say, oh, I don't have to worry about the meters running. It's not running. You're going to get the work without having to worry <laughs> yeah. about who's doing the work and who's paying for it. That's great. Yeah, never heard of that. But I've never heard of that angle before. And I think even maybe internally, that's really great for morale mm -hmm. because, you know, they can grow much quicker if they're not they're not restricted by you know a budget not allowing them to go somewhere i will uh i will never forget working at an agency in the past and i i walked into a room and i saw them reviewing creative and there were about 15 people in the room and i'm thinking why wasn't i invited to this meeting like we're reviewing big ideas right and i walked in and they're like you can't be here and i'm like excuse me <laughs> they said uh you're too expensive um, and so <laughs> I was wow. like, and there were probably eight people that weren't qualified to judge the creative or didn't need to be there, you know, but they were worried about billing their hours at their level. And I'm like, okay, I will just give my opinion for free right now, but I need to be in this room. And, um, but that's an, that's an example of, of billable hours and hourly rates that interfere with great work. Yeah, totally. I, I imagine lots of people listening to this right now will be nodding their heads and going, see, let's, let's do it like this. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you've, just, you've just given all your secret sauce away. But no, that's really great. It's it's really good to hear. And it's very refreshing. And yeah, well, obviously the proof's in, in the pudding, as they say over here. We're just so thrilled to have been honored with a Creative Floor uh, Award. And um, we just think that um, your, award, your award program is amazing. And we appreciate, um, you know, having you know having this honor and, and being able to enter so we'll be sure to to enter again and hopefully we'll have another shot i'm i'm quite moved if i'm honest <laughs> with just your story so far <laughs> I'm, I'm almost a bit numb um i'm just sort of taking it all in it's 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 been a phenomenal story from my perspective because you know obviously a case study is two minutes or so and you never mm -hmm. you never really quite get you know the the, the truth right. or, the, or the exact process or or even really knowing the people behind it and, and what led them to it or or, or the overall purpose uh, behind it so you know i just hope that this is a really great legacy piece for your agency as well and for the team and it's a moment in time that you can all kind of look back on and go yeah we were part of that i just want to you know first of all just thank you for sharing this incredible story. I think anyone listening to this has really learned a, well, some amazing insights, 
we've really got a, a fantastic uh, sneak peek into your world and how you work. And, and I think a lot of us can maybe learn from that. What I certainly got from it was how we can think about legacy within our work beyond just the people directly involved from an agency or client side, which is which is so amazing. And that's certainly something that I'm going to be thinking about for the next week or so or beyond no doubt um so congratulations again and and as you say i hope this is the start of many more great things for all of us to see coming from proximal health and yeah i just want to thank you all for your time thank you so much tina thank you jen uh, thank you holland i'm um, still the coolest name i think i've uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've ever had i had a british actually the other day on a podcast and that was the coolest name at the time but i think i think i think yours tops it sorry british but <laughs> this is really good so yeah you, you are more than welcome to come back on on our podcast whenever whenever you want oh. Well, thank you, Shahid. You've you've been so easy to talk to, and thank you, uh, thank you all again for uh, um, tolerating my uh, um, my technical issues. I, I I have no idea if I'm going to be able to work today on my computer because it seems to have died, and my new computer doesn't seem to have any of the updated Chrome and Firefox on it, and. Uh, my husband's about to kill me because he's like, ah, you know, I have to work too. Can I have my computer back? <laughs> uh, thank you so much again, Shahid. I mean, we're just, we're honored to, you know, sit here and have this conversation with you. And it's certainly, you know, the best start um, of a Thursday. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about for Jen, but certainly for Paul. <laughs> yeah. no, it's a, it's we're a honored. pleasure. And if you do enjoy listening to these podcasts, please do subscribe and share whenever possible. 